Welcome to the Movement Link podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Aitken. I'm an exercise physiologist and sports nutritionist with over 15 years experience and movement is my cup of tea. Now, we know there is a strong link between how much we move and what we choose to fuel our bodies with when it comes to health and performance. So I hope this podcast will leave you with a few takeaways that allows you to move, perform and feel your best. So put your earbuds in, get moving and I hope you enjoy this episode. guys welcome back to another episode of the movement link podcast now i hope you've had a fantastic week um i know mine is off to a very good start so if you have been listening to some of my latest episodes then you'll probably know that um, we've recently adopted a, a little rescue puppy or i say little she's probably not so little anymore um but yeah we've adopted a little german shepherd puppy so we got her at nine weeks old um and she's now nearly 17 weeks and she's probably growing far too quickly for my liking but one of the I think the best things about having a dog and we had a Labrador up until the end of last year so he was nearly 13 Um, we did say goodbye to him at the end of last year but I think one of the things that I really missed about having a dog is that they will get you outside for a walk or a play or they will get you away from your desk for a break Um, and it's just something I had missed so it is the perfect I guess distraction or reminder to to get up and move particularly on the days when I'm working from home so yeah it's been really really nice to have four paws like running around the house again even though we have had to puppy proof everything um I have sacrificed a few shoes and a few a few pairs of um shorts and t-shirts just for puppy teeth um but yeah it's been yeah lovely to have I think that distraction in amongst the routine of the day so Highly recommend it um, if you are a dog person. But to get in today's episode, we are looking today at pre-workout supplements and what to look for and if a pre-workout is really worth it. Now, last week's episode was on supplements uh, specifically and which supplements were worth your money and which ones really do what they claim to do if you have goals around improving your strength, performance and building muscle. So today I'm going to be a little bit more specific about what I'm talking about and we're going to talk about pre-workouts and break down some of the hype around using a pre-workout because, you know, we see some people who swear by them. We see people who can't train without taking their pre-workout. We see people who sometimes blame a poor training session on the fact they didn't get to have their pre-workout. And then other people seem capable of going without, um, or maybe they're just happy to get by on a coffee and a banana. So in this episode, I, as I said, I'd like to break down some of the hype behind pre-workouts, and I'm going to cover why we may want to take a pre-workout. So what are some of the benefits? Uh, And then what to actually look for if you do decide to buy a pre-workout. And then finally, if they're really worth uh, your money or your investment. So let's start by looking at why someone would want to take a pre-workout. So what benefits are we actually looking for and what expectations do we have if we choose to take a pre-workout? Now, I think what most people are usually expecting to get out of a pre-workout is that we want to feel more hype, right, going into the gym and then chasing a pump or expecting that pre-workout to assist in giving us a really good pump always seems to be a common expectation. Now, on top of that, I think we're generally expecting a pre-workout to 
give us increased energy within our training session. And then we're probably also hoping that it's going to give us greater motivation to train. Now, by consequence of all of those things, if we are feeling more hyped, if we're getting a really good pump, if we've got increased energy within that training session and we have a higher level of motivation, then we're probably expecting that pre-workout to assist us in improving our performance within that training session, um, as well as the longer term outcomes in terms of training adaptations, such as perhaps um, increases in lean muscle tissue and also improvements in strength. Now, on top of that, I do know that some people are taking pre-workout with the expectation that it is going to assist with fat loss or assist with burning fat. And depending upon the claims and also the ingredients within that pre-workout, um, I guess we will you know, look to see whether or not that is true. And I will touch more on that point later on. But if you have ever read the marketing spiels and the nutrition panel that comes with a pre-workout, then a lot of them do seem to have, you know, in bold capital letters, fat burner, uh, highlighted somewhere on the packaging. So they're probably some of the common expectations that people would have going in to purchase a pre-workout. Now, what are some of the benefits of a pre-workout? So I think one of the common ones here is that a pre-workout includes a range of supplements in the one powder. So the way I like to think of these is that a pre-workout is kind of like a multivitamin, right? But it's for it's a multivitamin for sports supplements, so to speak. So there is a lot of debate amongst fitness professionals, sports nutritionists, dietitians as to whether or not a pre-workout is actually worth it and whether the ingredients that they are putting into the pre-workout are worth taking and whether the product itself actually does what it claims that it's going to do effectively. And something that comes up quite often here is the question of whether there are enough of the active ingredients in one serve of pre-workout to actually make a difference. So let's break this down a little bit more and cover off some of the most common ingredients, or I guess some of the ingredients that we would generally expect to see within a pre-workout. So just um, a little side note here, just because an ingredient um, is going to be mentioned below doesn't mean that I'm saying that it should be in a pre-workout. I'm just giving you a higher level overview at the moment of what to look for so that you can then go and make the most informed choice when it comes to deciding whether or not you want to invest in a pre-workout. So what are some of the common uh, supplements that we're going to see in a pre-workout and what should we actually be looking for? Now, caffeine, I think, is going to be the main stimulant in most pre-workouts and it's certainly one of the most effective um, and also one of the most widely researched supplements out there. So we know, and I've gone into detail in my previous podcast episode on the benefits of caffeine and also how this can enhance our performance. But basically, caffeine works by increasing our alertness. It can also improve our mental focus, which we want, right, if we're going into a gym training session. Um, It can improve our motivation to train, and it can also increase our time to fatigue. So it allows us to go a little bit harder for a little bit longer. And then at higher dosages, um, caffeine's even been shown to improve strength. So plenty of benefits there to having caffeine in your pre-workout supplement. So this is probably one of the the main things that people would look for in a pre-workout. And I think one of the advantages here of pre-workout is that you know how much caffeine you're getting 
right? Because you know from the serving size on the packet exactly how much is going into um, your shake or your water or however it is you're taking your pre-workout. And hopefully you are not dry scooping your pre-workout. Um, and most, and I say most, maybe not all, but most pre-workouts are generally going to have a higher dose of caffeine um, or a dose that is going to align with what has been clinically recommended for effectiveness in a workout compared to, say, a normal coffee that you might go and order at your local cafe. So when it comes to dosage of caffeine, we are looking at around three to six milligrams per kilogram of body weight. So that seems to be the optimal optimal amount needed for improvements in uh, both strength and also performance. Now, a caveat here is that we obviously want to avoid taking caffeine or taking a pre-workout that it has caffeine on the ingredients list at any time that it could impair sleep quality. So if we are, I guess, one of the downsides here to taking a pre-workout that has caffeine in it is if we train of an afternoon or if we train of an evening and we take that pre-workout, is that caffeine then going to impact our sleep quality? And I think research has shown here that it can, even if we're not feeling um, wired or you know, we're not feeling hyped up after a training session because it's later in the evening when we finish, we get home and we wind down. Um, there's a lot of research out there that shows that the caffeine and the half-life of caffeine, because it's still in our, our system, it can actually impact the quality of our sleep, even though we feel that it might not. So just something to be mindful of there. If you are taking a pre-workout that has caffeine in it and you train of an afternoon or an evening, maybe better to maybe look for an alternate option there. So that's something or the first thing that I would be looking for in a pre-workout. And as I said, plenty of evidence behind caffeine to support its effectiveness. Now, another super common ingredient in pre-workouts is creatine monohydrate. And this is also an extremely well-researched supplement out there. And there is a stack of evidence behind creatine monohydrate supporting its efficacy. Now, in terms of how creatine works, um, again, I go into detail on this on my previous episode, but basically creatine improves energy production within our muscles, and therefore it's also going to improve strength and power. Now, on top of this, one of the best benefits of creatine is that it's been shown to improve um, our lean mass or our muscle tissue over time without actually increasing our body fat or changing our body composition for the negative. So I'm a huge fan of creatine. Now, there are a couple of downsides to having creatine in your pre-workout. And after everything I've just said, when everything there is a positive, what could possibly be the downside to having creatine in your pre-workout? So if you've listened to my last episode, what you will know about creatine is that it's something that we need to take every day to obtain the optimal benefits. So when it comes to having creatine in your pre-workout, if you are relying upon your pre-workout as your sole source of creatine, then it's unlikely that you're going to be taking your pre-workout every day, right? You're probably only going to be training maybe three, four, at most, maybe five times per week. So when we take creatine, it's not the acute effect that we're after. So it's actually the buildup in our muscle stores and the saturation of creatine in our muscle stores over time. So creatine is something that we'd actually be wanting to take on a daily basis in order to maintain saturation of our muscle creatine levels. So that's the first thing to keep in mind if you are relying upon pre-workout um, as your sole a source of creatine. 
Now, the other downside to having or relying upon our pre-workout as your source of creatine is that it actually often falls short on the recommended effective dose in a single serve of pre-workout. So generally, we are wanting to consume at least three to five grams per day when it comes to creatine. And a lot of time, if you actually have a look at the uh, nutrition label, on your pre-workout, you will see that creatine in a single serve is sitting at maybe one to two, one to 2.5 grams within a single serve. So it's well below the recommended effective dose. So just something else to keep in mind there. And then finally, as I said, creatine, we know it doesn't have an acute effect, so it doesn't need to be taken pre-workout like other supplements such as caffeine. So you can take creatine at any time. So if you are relying upon your pre-workout in order to get your daily dose of creatine, you may want to review how you take your creatine and just ensure that firstly, you are getting an appropriate dose, you're getting enough. And then secondly, you want to be taking creatine in a form that you can consume on a daily basis because you probably don't want to be taking the pre-workout on the days that you don't train. Um, And if you aren't taking creatine on the days that you don't take a pre-workout, then you're probably not going to be getting the full benefit as if you would if you were going to take creatine daily. So that is the lowdown on creatine. Um, And the next supplement or ingredient in a pre-workout that I'm going to talk about is quite similar to creatine, and this one is beta alanine. Now, when it comes to beta alanine, it's not actually the beta alanine that we are trying to build up in our body. It's the levels of muscle carnosine. Now, a little bit of science here. Carnosine acts as a buffer. So what carnosine does, it's it helps to delay the onset of lactic acid accumulating during an intense workout. So this simply means that we can push harder for longer. So basically, better alanine delays the onset of muscle fatigue and as a result, it's going to obviously lead to improved performance. Now, this is also something that we want to be taking daily. So like creatine, beta alanine works on saturation of your muscle stores and it doesn't actually have an acute effect on performance. So it means that you can take this at any time of the day. So again, if you are relying upon your pre-workout to get your dose of beta alanine, then you may like to reconsider um, how you take your beta alanine and actually, you know, potentially consider taking it separately. So plenty of evidence behind beta alanine um, and certainly something that I would be prioritizing alongside creatine to making sure that I am getting an appropriate dose of that every single day. Now, another benefit of actually taking your better alanine separately to a pre-workout is that um, you can actually split the dosage. And one of the reasons why you might want to split the dosage of your better alanine is because one of the side effects of this particular supplement that people might notice is paresthesia. So that's that tingling, um, itchy feeling that some people get after taking an appropriate dose of beta alanine. And an appropriate dose for beta alanine is around four to six grams per day. So that particular side effect, that paresthesia, that tingling, that itchy feeling that we might get is completely harmless. Uh, but it can actually feel a little bit funny uh, if you aren't used to it. So if you are taking a pre-workout and it has an appropriate dose of beta alanine in it, let's say it's got four to six grams in a single serve of your pre-workout um, and you're taking that in one hit 
and you struggle to um, manage or you find it quite distracting to be experiencing that tingling, uh, that itchy feeling during your pre-workout, then taking your beta alanine separately means that you can split this over multiple doses throughout the day to minimize that tingling that you're going to get. So you might have, you know, two or three grams of a morning and then have two or three grams of an afternoon. Now, what is really interesting here with beta alanine is that, um, and the reason that it's included in a pre-workout is because it essentially offers a placebo effect. So the tingling that people are getting from taking the beta alanine, although it doesn't have an acute effect on performance, um, it does make people feel like they've taken something effective, right? It's making them feel like that pre-workout is really working because you're probably sitting there thinking if you've just taken your pre-workout, you're walking into the gym, it's got an appropriate dose of beta alanine in it and you're starting to get the tingles, you're probably thinking like, wow, I'm tingling, you know, I'm buzzing, like this pre-workout is awesome when it's only a side effect. And as I said, it doesn't have any acute effect on how you are going to perform in the gym in that training session. But, you know, if that placebo effect works for you, then there's also nothing wrong with that. And bitter alanine, as I said, just like creatine, it does work and there is ample evidence around that. Um, But you certainly don't need to take it in your pre-workout for the benefit of it. And I would strongly suggest that if you do want to optimize your dosing of beta alanine, then I would be taking it separately to your pre-workout to ensure that firstly, you are getting enough of it. And secondly, you are getting it every single day. So they're the first couple of supplements um, that you'd want to check to see that are included or check the dosage of in your pre-workouts. Now, the next one that's often going to crop up on the ingredient list in a pre-workout is citrulline malate. So this supplement has been shown to possibly have an acute effect prior to training or exercise. So it could definitely be beneficial in a pre-workout. And there's some evidence around this improving performance. So it's not super clear cut, um, but the general consensus is that it's going to help in some way. So how does citrulline malate work? So basically, citrulline malate helps to increase um, vasodilation and also circulation as well as improve our blood flow. And it does this by increasing blood levels of arginine. Um, And it's actually been shown to be more efficient at increasing our blood levels of arginine than actually taking arginine as a supplement itself. So how would better circulation and better blood flow help us in the gym? Now, enhanced blood flow is simply going to mean better delivery of oxygen and nutrients to our working muscles. So both of those, oxygen and nutrients, are transported in our blood. So if we can get better delivery of those to our working muscles, then this can lead to improved um, exercise performance and also reduced muscle fatigue. So let's look at the uh, marketing around this particular ingredient and the language we often see used here are the claims around getting a better pump. And who, you know, let's be honest, who doesn't want a good pump when they're working out? So this is probably what people are looking for and expecting with a pre-workout. And it was one of those expectations that I went through at the start of this episode is, you know, if we're taking a pre-workout, we want to be able to get into the gym and get a really good pump. Now, I don't really know if that pump is going to result in more muscle gain per se, as we don't really have any evidence of uh, this particular supplement supporting muscle gain. 
But like beta-alanine, if you are getting a great pump when you're working out, then it's going to feel like your pre-workout is doing something. And as I said, this you know, potentially some evidence there that citrulline malate can help your training session. And as a um, additional benefit of citrulline malate, it has, you know, also seems to help reduce delayed onset muscle soreness. And if we can get through a training session and not be as sore as we may be without taking it, then we could definitely be seeing that as a benefit. So that is a bit of summary on citrulline malate. Now, ingredients that are starting to pop up are, and this one's quite interesting, it's been popping up more recently in pre-workouts, and that's ashwagandha. Now, when it comes to um, ashwagandha, this actually helps to calm us, right? It helps to reduce stress. And one of the reasons that this has been included in a pre-workout is that it could possibly offset the side effects of caffeine. So if you are someone who notices that maybe your heart rate is quite elevated or maybe you're a little bit jittery um, after taking caffeine, then this particular ingredient or including ashwagandha in the pre-workout could potentially be quite helpful. So it is really new uh, to research, but you know, the general consensus out there so far is that it's kind of looking quite positive um, in all the studies that have been done to date on how it could actually benefit performance. So when it comes to dosing of ashwagandha, we're kind of looking at around 500 milligrams to 1000 milligrams per day. So that's generally what the research research is suggesting at the moment. Um, And it can also potentially have a beneficial effect um, from a cardiorespiratory. So that's an endurance perspective. And then also strength and gains in lean mass. So, you know, quite surprising potentially as to what is coming out in the research around that particular supplement. Um, And I certainly wasn't expecting to come across those particular results. So yeah, it is interesting. Um, And at this point in time, it also doesn't seem to have any negative consequences of being, you know, included in a pre-workout. So just a little bit on the ashwagandha there and something for you to keep in mind if you are sourcing a pre-workout. Now, One other um, ingredient that I would like to touch on before I move into a little bit of a summary is L-theanine. And this one is also often included in a pre-workout. Now, L-theanine, I guess kind of like the ashwagandha, is generally going to offset the negatives of caffeine. So it's going to help to slow down the heart rate slightly and it can allow you to get the benefits of caffeine. So the focus, the hype, the performance that we're going to get from taking caffeine pre-workout, but without the jitters that can actually come if we are dosing a higher dose of caffeine. So they're probably the main ingredients that I would be um, mindful of or keep a bit of an eye on if you are looking for a pre-workout. Now, would I ever recommend a pre-workout? So this is an interesting question and my answer here is that no, I don't generally go out of my way to recommend a pre-workout. And one of the biggest reasons for this is because I don't feel that anyone should need or be reliant upon a pre-workout in order to have an effective training session. So your nutrition, your sleep, your recovery, your hydration status, they are all going to be far more important and have a far greater impact on the quality of your workout. So that's one of the reasons that I am generally not going to go out of my way to recommend a pre-workout. Another reason I'm generally not going to recommend a pre-workout is because 
I also don't feel that there is a need to take a pre-workout before every training session. And, you know, if you are someone who enjoys taking a pre-workout, then what I would be suggesting here is that maybe you look to reserve taking your pre-workout for your harder sessions, so such as before a, a really big leg day. Now, when it comes to supplements, I guess what I'm going to be more concerned about is recommending specific sups. So for example, caffeine, if somebody needs caffeine, creatine, if somebody is needing creatine, beta alanine. So looking at ensuring that anybody I'm working with is actually getting the appropriate dose of those supplements um, rather than dosing up on a pre-workout that has a little bit of everything, but not enough of anything to, you know, really give somebody the effectiveness that they could get from taking individual supplements. Now, the only time that I, you know, am probably going to recommend a pre-workout is if an athlete or somebody that I'm working with is already taking a pre-workout and they found something that they feel works really well for them and they're happy with it. So there's certainly no harm in taking a pre-workout. I would just be ensuring that the pre-workout that they are taking has an adequate dose of those relevant supplements that I've spoken about in this episode um, and that they're going to be most effective. And where there are suboptimal dosings of certain supplements within that pre-workout, then I would also be making recommendations around ensuring that person is taking enough of things like creatine and beta alanine outside of their pre-workout or on non-trading days. So I think that just about sums up everything I'm wanting to touch on in regards to a pre-workout. So yeah, look, I guess, you know, one of the main benefits of a pre-workout is it can give you all of those things that I spoke about earlier on, the hype, the motivation to train, the energy to have a really good session, Um, you know, and it does also contain multiple ingredients all at once. So it can be cost effective, providing you're getting enough of each of those uh, effective ingredients. However, um, I guess my biggest concern here around pre-workouts is that often they simply don't contain high enough dosages of the effective ingredients. And they also have a lot of ingredients that sound really good, but don't actually do anything. So you are potentially paying for, you know, a lot of things within your pre-workout that don't do much. Um, And then a note on fat burners, because I did say I would touch on these. Um, And a lot of pre-workouts we see claim to have a fat burning effect. Now, no legal fat burner is going to offer any significant fat burning effect. Um, You're also going to get so much more benefit when it comes to fat loss, if that is your goal, by following a diet that contains an appropriate amount of calories to place you in a calorie deficit and moving your body enough. So that would probably be my final word on fat burners is I I simply would not um, invest your money into a fat burner. Pre-workout, take it or leave it. Um, If you find one that works really well for you, go to town, go for your life. Um, But otherwise, I would simply focus on taking the supplements and taking enough of those ones that have been shown to be effective, um, eating appropriately. So eating a an amount of calories that is specific to your needs and your goal and putting your energy into your training sessions. So guys, I hope you found that episode interesting. Um, I had a lot of fun putting that one together. If there are any other topics that you would like to hear me cover off in a podcast, please let me know. But otherwise, I'm going to leave it there for this week. 
Now, if you enjoyed the episode, I would love if you could take a screenshot of it, pop it up on your story, tag me at Gemily underscore X fizz. Um, but otherwise, have a fantastic rest of the week, guys. Put your earbuds in, keep moving, and I'll be back with another episode soon. Thank you.